0: It's time to take off on the Award Travel 101 podcast. Helping you maximize your travel rewards, no matter your destination or budget. Now here are your hosts, Award Travel 101 community managers, Angie Sparks
1: and Joseph Petrovic,
0: to help you do extraordinary things on ordinary money.
1: We're back for episode 32 of the Award Travel 101 Podcast. And my name's Joseph Petrovic. I'm here with Angie Sparks this week.
0: Hey Joe, how you doing? I still have a cold. I could hear in previous episodes. It's like my voice started getting raspy a couple of weeks ago and it's it's still there. So I may be uh coughing a little bit through this. Well, we'll make sure
1: we do our best to edit it out. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> that way we don't have to worry about any of those kind of things. We'll hop into a few things and you have some. Interesting travel share stories to share here, but before we jump into news trip updates and things like that, let's start out with our post of the week. And this was from Krista Wetmore, and she was listening to the podcast and wondered how I was an AU on a Sapphire card and why I did that. And she mentioned that she sees that it's typically not a good thing to do. So are there times and reasons? It does make sense.
0: There definitely are times that it makes sense. Typically, you know most people they come into this hobby and they've always they get a card and they make their spouse their authorized user on it. You have one card, you use that to pay everything and that's the way it is. And then we start this hobby and we're weird <laughs> and we have a lot of cards <laughs> and it makes a whole lot more sense for me to get a card and then to refer my spouse and for that part my spouse to get the exact same card because then I get a referral bonus. We get a sign-up bonus and we double the amount of points. But you're not always eligible to get that card for yourself. And I think that's what happened in your instance is that you were over 524 because, you know, again, we don't always make the right decisions when we first start this hobby. And But your P2 is able to get one. And in some instances, the card offers enough benefit to an authorized user that it makes sense, especially if you're not eligible to get one for yourself. I'm an authorized user on um, my P2's Ritz card because I am not eligible for one yet and it has a ton of benefits. And I'm also an authorized user on his gold card, which I am eligible to get my own gold card and that will be something I'll get down the line. But at this point, I want to be earning that 4X. There's no fee to add me and I'm the one that goes to the grocery store, but um, I don't want to go over 524 just yet. So tell us about why you are the authorized user.
1: Yeah. So in this case, like you said, there are certain benefits and perks that make sense. And when you're looking to add an authorized user card and like you mentioned, when I was first jumping into this, I got authorized user cards for my wife because I didn't have many cards and I didn't understand. In fact, actually, when I first started signing up, there was no 524 rule. Cards were coming in a lot easier than they do today with all of the caps as far as application rules and time limits and things like that. But at that time, and keep in mind, we're going back about four years now to 2019 when I did this. So technically, I think as of today, my wife should be eligible to cancel and reapply for her Sapphire Reserve. I believe we did that on September 1st of uh, 2019. But at that time... Amex used to have Priority Pass restaurant access, and they stopped doing that. I have a Priority Pass restaurant, which I regularly use in my home airport. I My goal is to be in that at least once a month. So I I like to have around one trip per month. But so far this year, I've had, I think, 13 trips to the airport (laughs) and back. So, you know, I get great use out of that. We're looking at $28 per person, up to three people. And when American Express killed that benefit on the Platinum and Business Platinum cards, then I knew that immediately that a Sapphire Reserve or Ritz-Carlton card was coming. And since the Ritz-Carlton card wasn't uh, accessible, I knew that the Sapphire Reserve was going to be the card for us. So I had my wife apply, and I immediately made myself an authorized user on that card. Because as you said, I was over 524 at that point, uh, which that rule then was around at that point in time. And so as often as I use it, I could certainly do that. Now, I applied for the Sapphire Preferred, um well, a year and a half, two years ago, when they had the 100,000-point bonus offer, which came once. It lasted for a very long time. I think it was like well over six months or right around six months. So that was an extraordinary period of time. And I could, at this point, upgrade my CSP to a CSR and get my own. But um, we'll evaluate that as it goes. Um, my wife has a substantial chunk of uh, Chase Ultimate Rewards points in her account. We have to decide if we want to play the transfer game back and forth between our accounts because we've had some problems with linking in the past. So I don't know. We'll, we'll kind of play that by ear as we're going forth here. But there are a few other cards I'd like her to uh, focus on before we go to that method.
0: So, so the news that we have this week, there is a Flying Blue transfer bonus from Amex Membership Rewards. They just finished their transfer bonus from Abios, and now they switched over to Flying Blue. And if you can take advantage of this with one of their promo awards, this could be quite the screaming deal. Of course, you have to be willing to fly economy for most of those promo rewards, but which I'm not. And But this is a pretty good deal, but I think this is only 25%, right?
1: Yeah, 25% and keeping in mind that many of these flying blue offers right now are allowing members to book to France for or parts of other parts of Europe for as low as 11,000, just over 11,000 flying blue miles. So it's a transfer bonus, you could be looking at just over 9,000 points, which, you know, if you have several people to book, you could be looking at 37,000 points for a family of four to fly to France. Uh, Yes, it's an economy, but uh, you can't even fly domestically hardly for that amount. And so being able to fly all the way over to Europe for a smidgen of a sign-up bonus is pretty incredible.
0: Yeah, I would certainly take advantage of it if I was having to take everybody in my family over there. I mean, I might put myself in the front of the plane and stick them in the back. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing wrong with that, is there?
1: (laughs) No, the, the back of the plane, uh, is if you're looking to definitely make the trip happen and you don't have a huge stash, it's something that we all just have to do until we start building up those balances. And just like uh, building a retirement account, you're building the retirement for the future. And uh, while we say earn and burn, it's nice to have a little bit of reserve to be able to have that flexibility and make those choices. Exactly. So next we have. Um, an article on award wallet, which again, we'll link into the show notes about how far you can book airlines in advance. And this is helpful when you're looking at booking some of those hard to get awards, knowing when the airline opens their schedule. So whether it's 330 days, whether it's 296 days, whether it's 360 days, every airline has a little bit of difference in when they decide to open their calendar and when you can book an award. So if you want to book, say, ANA, A, I believe they open their calendar 355 days in advance. That's one that usually folks are looking to book. And if you want to book it with a partner award though, like with Virgin Atlantic, Virgin Atlantic only opens their calendar 330 days out. So where this becomes a problem, if you want to book that Virgin award, but A opens up early. Then you maybe have to consider booking with ANA directly because they open their calendar 25 days earlier for their own members. So those are, there's a ton of rules and a ton of information in this particular post. We'll share
0: that again in the show notes so you all can check it out. And finally, this last uh, piece of news is something I think that is more up your alley than it is mine. Something about American Airlines Advantage Elite Status Switch? What yeah, is so that? Yeah, so this
1: post comes from Award Wallet Editor-in-Chief J.T. Genter, who spoke at our meetup uh, last weekend and uh, told us a little bit about why he plans to make a switch. He's been an American Airlines Executive Platinum member every year, except for this one, which he's been a Platinum Pro. And he's no longer going to continue chasing status with them. Now, to be fair and upfront, his wife and player two will be continuing to. So they still have that to them, but he has been the one of the key and foremost recognized players in American Airlines editorials and writing on them and following them and flying them. And he's just finding that with all the switches and, and changes that they're making to the loyalty point programs. Uh, to make it more expensive. If you're not a heavy spender, it doesn't behoove you to credit your flight there and he's going to take a, a stab at another airline to uh, earn status where it might benefit him more with one world status. So you can find out more on that post, read up on it, make sure you know what you're looking at. We're always advocating for members understanding the differences in these programs to know because sometimes having that one world status means you get lounge access on domestic flights and not just domestic, but domestic economy flights, you don't have to be flying first or business to have access to some of these nicer lounges domestically. So just depends on where your travels are. And I will add one more update to that and kind of tie the American on um our episode last week, I'd mentioned that my American Airlines account was hacked. And this is uh kind of ties into one of the things he was frustrated with is that when he, his was also hacked in a similar manner about a month or two back and he had to get a new American advantage account. And so he had a lot of problems with future booking where the future booking did not carry over with his new status. They, oh, geez. Uh, did not apply the one world status to his booking. Now, none of mine were international flights. So I didn't have, I, I looked into that. All of my awards currently booked on American are all booked on AA metal. So no issues from that. And so I made the change. Uh, I did have to go through and change everything over because I did not want the miles that I have sitting in my advantage account to be wiped away and have nothing to be able to be done about it. So works for me, didn't work for him.
0: with that, we have Trip Update. Angie. Well, so I don't really have anything new booked going forward. Um, i leaving for Bali in three weeks. I'll be there in three weeks, which is kind of insane. Actually, two weeks by the time this episode airs. So we kind of like finalized all the hotel stuff. And, you know, yep, we're, you know, got, got the points transfers going on there between the people booking the rooms. Going to Chicago in October for the Chicago Seminars. And then I might be going over to Orlando for a theme park weekend in December. I don't know. We also might be going up. My husband has a conference up in Indiana. No, I'm sorry. It's in Kentucky in October, but we have family real close in Indiana. So we're going to talk this weekend if we're going to do that. The bigger issue was you guys all got to come home from the Minneapolis meetup last Sunday. And I had already planned. I was going to spend a couple of days up there with a friend who lives um, just outside of Minneapolis. And on Sunday morning, I guess, I woke up and my husband sent a text and said, hey, there's a hurricane down there. Just keep an (laughs) eye on things. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll be fine. So originally, I was scheduled to come home Tuesday night. We went to the fair. We went out to her farm. We did a lot of, you know, hanging out in the pool and girl talk and that kind of stuff. Wake up. Monday morning, it's like, oh, yeah, this isn't going to be happening. You know, Tampa International was planning to shut close at like four o'clock on Tuesday. If you looked at the trajectory of the storm, I was supposed to land at midnight Tuesday night right about the time the storm was supposed to hit. It's like there is no way Delta is going to be flying into Tampa. So I changed my flight to Wednesday because you know, and it was easy to do It was an award ticket, no big deal. Although my comfort plus seat assignment that I had purchased using my Amex Platinum incidental credit ended up going as an e-credit instead of coming back as a refund, which kind of really annoys me. So I'm going to have to see if I can call and get that changed. So I changed it to Wednesday because everything showed that that storm would be well past by Wednesday, be up by Jacksonville. Yeah. So I wake up, I guess, or later on Monday afternoon, I get a message from Delta, we canceled your flight. So then it was trying to find something. So finally I was able to get a flight home Thursday morning. So this necessitated an extra day at my friend's house, which was fine. She was, ha- she, she says she was happy to put us up. My girlfriends all changed their flights, but I, my flight was at 535 a.m. on Thursday morning. So I wasn't going to have her do two trips. So then it was a matter of, okay, well, I'm going to need a hotel. What's well, weather? So we know that the airline's not going to cover it. So I went to go look to see. What credit card I used to pay my taxes and fees so that I could get in a claim for travel insurance. No, I used my Amex airline incidental credit. I got no, no, I'm sorry. It was an e-credit that came about from a previous airline incidental credit thing. Whatever. I'm blabbering around this one. Anyway, I had no protect. I had no trip insurance, but I have the $49 IHG. Card that's been around for forever, and it comes with a free night certificate. And I usually <laughs> use it for an airport hotel the night before I have an early flight. Typically, it's at a Holiday Inn Express or something. And I looked at I'll and there's an Intercontinental connected to MSP Airport, and it was nice. Two hundred seventy dollars a night hotel room. They had availability. I used my free night certificate. I got there at nine thirty Wednesday morning. They're like, absolutely, we are happy to check you in right now. So it was great. So, you know, short little shuttle ride. Actually, it's, you used to be able to walk from the airport directly into the secure area, but with TSA staffing, they have cut that out. So all, all set. But, you know, of course my lovely nonstop flight that I had booked then became a flight through Atlanta. I was no longer in comfort plus. So I get to the airport. The lounge isn't open yet. It was just not good, but I get to the gate in or the, you know, my gate. And at the next gate over, there's a sign, Tampa, nonstop. I'm like, wait a minute. So it was leaving an hour later. And the guy's like, well, I can get you on that. He goes, the seats aren't going to be great. I'm like, I don't care. It cuts out a stop. I get home an hour earlier. So I made it home finally. And the only good part about it, I mean, two good parts about it. The storm did not damage us. Thank goodness. We were very lucky. We're far enough away from the water that we didn't have flood issues. Just kind of cleaned our trees out. But I didn't have to do any of the hurricane prep. Have to do any of the hurricane cleanup, put in the patio furniture away, and all that stuff. So <laughs> it worked out well. No, and Mike and I, uh,
1: when we came home to Cleveland from MSP, we were right by that hotel, that IHG. So it's another good reminder of having some of these certificates, because we were looking right out at it from our gate, and I think Mike went over to explore it as far as he could to see where it was and where things led but I kind of just waited by the gate because I knew they were getting ready to board. I was like, I'm not going to get this messed up. I actually had a problem boarding because it was a small regional jet and people were crowding the carry-on space with a bunch of garbage that could have gone underneath their seats. But the thing was is that people need to remember having these free night award certificates can help in so many ways. It's not just Always about you know all the trips we can take. It's about saving in manners that you know make our lives more convenient. And I think this was a great use of having again a certificate at you because you know you saved a ton of money and you were able to be where you wanted to be when you needed to be there for that early morning flight.
0: Yeah, it worked. It was it was an excellent use of that certificate. If I cared about cents per point, a forty nine dollar credit card fee for a two hundred and seventy dollar hotel room. I'll take that. That was a good use. All day. Yeah. How about you? Well, I'm
1: working on a few things. I posted in some of our master threads. We had our uh, weekly earn and burn that I had put something together short notice again. That's kind of becoming my thing. Like, you know, I don't know why. It's like, I love being able to put some things together on you know short notice. Things that I would have never been able to do, especially in the manner which I'm doing, but I'm doing something for P3. That's my son and me. As my wife was talking to me about it, because I I said I'd run it by her before I told the whole group what I was doing, she kind of decided that maybe she and P4 might want to do something. So we might be doing a you know mommy, daughter, father, son trip separate again here (laughs) in a few weeks. And so my trip consists of using up, it all started with using a Hilton-free night award that is expiring soon. It's expiring in about two months and I have everything else kind of set and nothing else to be able to do. So thought, well, here's a week and weekend that I'm able to get away from work because we're looking to take off an extended weekend in a couple of weeks. And if I do that, you know, I can take my son. It won't interfere with my wife and daughter's school schedule. And because if I'm not there and he is. Then uh, I'm the one that has to get them to school. If I don't have to get them to school, then everything works out fine. Right. (laughs) We end up doing that, but effectively using United Miles. And I was able to find something that was pretty darn near. It's Saver as far as they're concerned, but it's almost old Saver Award pricing. So just over 12,500 miles per person flying out to Los Angeles again That is specifically booked, though, with a connection through Chicago, which I normally don't do. And the reason is, is that uh, there's a a 787-10 Dreamliner going through Chicago, going from Chicago to Los Angeles. That is a premium international plane that does have premium economy and polaris seat. And I did that with currently holding 1K status, that meaning that I'll be able to pick this uh, premium economy seats first. So I booked us into premium economy, which is actually a little nicer version of uh, what domestic first class normally is. So I'll have those seats as well. And then on top of that, there's 33 of the 44 remaining Polaris seats available for sale. And at under three weeks out from the time of this recording and about two weeks out when this episode airs. That's 33, that's 75% of the seats are available in Polaris, which means since it's not a premium route and there are premium routes that they will not upgrade you complimentary, those are routes from like Newark to um, Los Angeles or Newark to San Francisco or, um, anywhere East coast to Hawaii. So like Chicago or Newark, uh, where they run the nonstop routes. Those are premium routes. They will not complimentary upgrade you. You can use miles, you can use cash. You can use plus points if you have those, but on this particular route, since it's not considered a premium route, I could get comp upgrade to lie flat Polaris seat. And that's kind of my goal to be able to do that out to Los Angeles. Use the, I have a category one through seven Hyatt certificate that I earned, which I'm always usually rushing last minute to use. So I'm going to knock off a brand explorer at the Park Hyatt Aviara, which is a very difficult and challenging resort to pick up. And at least in the past, it's always been a challenge to get to. So I ended up finding a night there, ended up finding out as I was talking to my concierge that I also had a category one through four. So I'm staying, I think I was kind of deciding whether I wanted to do, uh, there are two properties in the San Diego area. And so I'm looking at different activities that I can do with my son, kind of bounce around a little bit, do some Legoland. And then on top of Legoland, we'll do a little beach time, some tour of the San Diego Bay, which I've done a few times, but he likes boats. He likes boat rides, and we'll do that and wrap it up at the Oceana LXR, which is a Hilton property up in Santa Monica. It also happens to be, I went earlier this year to Chicago to see a performer by the name of Harry Mack. I really enjoy his freestyle raps. It's his hometown. And... He a lot of times does freestyle raps in the square in San Diego. So I'm going to see if I can maybe catch him doing a random thing there and then we'll fly home on United. If you had used awards, all would have cost almost 205,000 points. However, again, I used free night award certificates for every one of the stays, uh, which means that I used just over 50,000 United miles instead of the 204,000 total points. And for a stay that would have retailed stay and travel, I also used, oh, I forgot to mention the car. I had an expiring uh, free day with national. So I happen to have two more days in on top of that. So I'm doing the car rental all on free days. And if you total everything up, my total out of pocket for everything is about $54.05 for car (laughs) rentals, taxes, and fees the flights and everything. So it's just the taxes and fees on the car rental and flights that I'm actually paying for. Everything else is covered using awards and pre-days. So it's something that I just think, you know, again, being able to do these things, you talked about being able to save the day with an IHG free night award certificate. The thing I like to be able to do is if I can't find a use for some of these things to create weekend or the weekend runs, then this is one of those cases where I'm able to do that. The other trip I have that I think I'm kind of looking forward to is a trip Mike and I have been getting some information on and I, we're going to run sometime in January. We'll give more information if anybody wants to join us. We're going to uh, do the January pancake run. So we're going to fly Alaska Airlines and do a couple of things there and meet up with moderator Eric Holly in Seattle. This is really to get a new dot and line. So there, uh, for, So limited period of time, they're kind of combining the route to Cleveland and Pittsburgh via a connection. So effectively the flight to Pittsburgh goes through Cleveland and they're running this triangle route. So it's Seattle to Cleveland to Pittsburgh back to Seattle. And that's the way it has to go. If you want to get to Seattle, Uh, normally they've been running nonstops to both of those cities, but bookings must be way down for that span of time. So they're connecting it into one route for think about a five-week period. We're going to run it overnight and come back, test out our American status on Alaska, see what kind of benefits we get, hit the lounge for some pancake machines, and then head home. So that pretty much wraps up what I'm working on.
0: You know, I just have to say that there, here's another example of how there is no one way to do this hobby either, because neither of those trips actually appeal to me. <laughs> but flying all the way to the West Coast for a weekend, Oh, no, no, I don't want to do that.
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy and it you talked about crazy things in Award Travel 201 that people do that no one else would get. With that, let's talk about bonuses instead.
0: I have not gotten anything yet. I actually, the payment just posted on P2's Chase Inc. Business Preferred. So now I've got some credit limit freed up and I can go ahead and finish that guy off. And I need to go to Sam's this week. So that'll take care of that. But I've already gotten the the warning note, whatever you want to call it, where they send you the thing that says. Oh, here's what we think your property taxes are going to be this year. So <laughs> I'm looking at probably either another business gold or a business platinum. I read something yesterday that there are upgrade offers highly targeted. So they're only in your Amex account, or maybe you get it by snail mail for people who currently have a business gold to upgrade to a business platinum. Because, you know, of course I need another one, but for 180,000 points. So. I don't plan to keep my business gold card. So this would be an awesome, awesome upgrade offer if I can get that. And it's for 10 K spend. So sadly my property taxes would cover that in a hurry, but I'm willing to pay the property tax credit card processing fee for that many points.
1: Absolutely. You get so much more out of it than that. There's, that'd be a no brainer.
0: What cards are, what bonuses have you gotten anything new?
1: So I'm finished up with my Ink Preferred. We talked about that last week that I was nearing that. So I have that wrapped up. So I just have to wait for that to go. And unfortunately, unless I do an Amex Business Gold, I do have a Target Amex Gold offer, but I don't think it's nearly as good as yours. I'm not going to be able to knock out my quarterly estimated taxes to earn sign-up bonus unless I get that card because they'll generally turn out like a metal card around in a day or two. And I would have that in hand in time to pay by whatever day. It's usually around the 15th of September when those are due. So I don't have enough time. I was looking to get my wife another card. I was looking to get her one of the inks to knock that out or to get the, I'm still debating, I'm on that fence and. Um, I don't know if this offer is going to be around or not. We just got a notice from Award Wallet yesterday that, that it is ending soon for that executive card, the executive city advantage card where mm. you can earn a 100,000 American miles. It does have a pretty steep fee at almost 600 bucks. But with where I stand with American loyalty points, it would give me 20,000 more loyalty points towards status as well and put me that much closer to executive platinum requalification. So kind of on the fence, I haven't done anything yet. If I don't do anything, probably what I'll pay the taxes with to be honest, are my Hilton Surpass, which will pretty close to knock out the remainder of spend I have to hit that free night award certificate, that uncapped free night award certificate once you spend $15,000.
0: That's a good plan.
1: So I think that wraps up, what bonuses did we get? Let's talk about our highlight feature and 40 cards. Is it necessary and will it ruin you? Let's refer back first to episode 30 where Angie and I talked about what's in our wallet. And I think where I'm going with this particular discussion here is how it can help you build wealth. It's not going to make you rich, Unless you play some games, there are some games that people play in this that maybe it could make them rich, I guess, if they know how to play it correctly. But I don't think, you know, we've talked about having lots and lots of cards. And I know a lot of people look at the totals and say, oh, there's annual fees and this, that, and the next thing. But I think that there are ways and opportunities. Members can go about building some wealth or reducing debt. Using these, even with annual fees. So, Angie, starting out is travel free?
0: No, no. It makes me nuts too. I've got, you know, I've got friends that don't do this hobby, and we were talking about doing a trip, and somebody said, "Well, why don't you choose your points? Those are free." And I, I think my head might have spun around fully in the circle at that one. It's a currency. It's a currency, just like cash. We have to work hard to earn these points. We have to be strategic in our spending and our opening they are a currency and they have a ton of value. And like I think I've said this in the past, I can never let P2 open up my award wallet account where it says what all my points are worth based on, you know, how people have redeemed them in the past, but I've gotten way more value out of that cuz it's a pretty hefty number just right there if I just, you know, I guess cash them out that way. No, it's it's not free. You're either using cash, you're using points, you're using free night certificate. So it's just it's just a matter of which and which do you have more of? Which is it easier to replenish? Is it easier for you to earn more points? So it makes sense to use points in that situation. Or is it easier for you to go earn more money? So save the points for a better redemption and spend cash. But no, it's not free.
1: No, it's absolutely not free. And it drives me nuts when I see some of these new. Miles and points, influencers talking about the free travel you can get because it's certainly not free. You can make it near free. There's always going to be some expense to it, whether it's annual fees, whether it's fees that you need to use, like you're saying, paying your taxes, you're paying a little bit extra to collect a bonus. This takes some work and effort. And as you apply for more cards and you collect Uh, more cards. I think Angie and I were talking, we have between the two of us, somewhere between 80 and 90 cards, which is a lot more than most people will get to. And we'll talk about our credit scores here in a little bit as to whether that has ruined us. But it's something that it takes work to manage all that. That's a a process to manage all these cards. So there's work involved, no matter what way you want to look at it. You can say, hey, I'm not spending U.S. dollars directly for this travel. And you may be getting outsized value using those miles and points. And that's the whole goal is to use these in ways that you wouldn't have used your cash, whether that's to get more travel and fly more flights in economy, whether that's to enhance your uh, mode of travel to buy business or first class. So there's certainly opportunities with all of that and to be able to do that some of the ways you can build wealth. Is there a, a way you think of when you're talking about us, utilizing these different programs, with, whether it's credit cards or other to, to reduce your expenses, to be able to use that cash elsewhere, whether it's investing or uh, paying off debts?
0: I don't know that I would say I'm, I'm certainly not being smart enough to take the money that I'm saving on my trips and investing it. I think i I'm, I'm just. Using that money to pay regular bills and things like that. I'm, I use award travel to travel more and to travel better. And gosh, the trips that I've taken in the past four years, I could never, ever, ever have dreamed of doing them. Or would I have ever paid the cash? Even if I had the money, would I ever have paid the money to do these trips? I'm not going to pay the, the cash fare to fly in Q Suites. So. I don't look at it as I'm, I'm building wealth with it. I'm just, I'm traveling more, (laughs) but I'm spending less because I'm not using cash, which, you know, I'm sorry for us. It's, it's harder to replenish the cash than it is for me to replenish the points at this point. So haha, I said point. So (laughs) I, I, yeah, I'm not building wealth, but I'm also not depleting savings. Maybe that's a way to look at it because I'm, I'm not using cash to do these things. And I'm, I'm, I'm living the dream. I'm going on amazing trips.
1: Yeah. There's different things you can use outside of credit cards too, whether it's bank bonuses. Uh, sometimes those return flexible point currency. Sometimes they return cash, but there are parts of travel that you cannot uh, pay for with points, at least in a traditional manner. So when you have those and you can use a bank bonus, you know, if there's a 500 or a thousand dollar bank bonus for funding. You know, $5,000. Maybe you're giving up some investment. Uh, some folks look at it and say, Hey, I could have invested that for three months, but let's look at the majority of people. That's not going to happen. No. But would not. you put $5,000 away for 90 days to get a 600 or thousand or $900 cash bonus? Some oh, people 100%. might be able to do that. And I do it uh, all the that's, time. That's something you can use to maybe cover a car rental or to cover a hotel where there's not a loyalty point program or, and I say a loyalty award program, not a loyalty point program as in with AA, but there's different things that you can use those for. You can use your fixed point programs. I think there are a couple of them. You have the U.S. bank, you have Capital One. I think Barclays used to have one. I don't remember all of the different fixed point programs out there. You can use that in cash back. So there are people who I think discover discovers one of the more yeah. popular ones, because in the first year of having that card, you can double your cash back. And if you have one and a half percent, you're earning 3% on everything. And this is going to go to a little bit more of an extreme level or a more advanced level. There are folks out there that can spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on the card without spending that money. So if you can do that and generate, you know, for every $100,000 spent. You do that 10 times and you just earned $30,000 on the card. So, you know, there are different things that folks do to generate cash back, whether it's that way, fixed point, cash outs. But the whole overall goal of everything we discuss here in the award travel 101 podcast is to reduce the costs on what we love. And what we love is traveling. And you can certainly do that. Without taking a major hit. And it allowed me to do something that, you know, five years ago, I had a six figure debt on my mortgage. I was now in utilizing these programs. I seriously reduced the amount of cash I was spending on travel. I started using miles. I started using points and I, I did apply it. So I say building wealth in terms of maybe it's not the same building wealth in as in investing, but I used those savings, so to speak, and everybody's plan of action is different. Maybe I could have invested and done better and kept the mortgage around because I had a 3% mortgage, but I paid off my house and in five years. I paid that, that entire balance off. And now I am completely debt free outside of the expenditures in our business and, and beyond. So I, I looked at it and I, I took that money that I was previously spending on travel and I used it to pay for credit card fees. So now I have annual fees, but even with the annual fees that I have, and again, we'll discuss that here in a minute, I'm still spending probably a quarter of what I was spending on travel before award travel.
0: Oh, wow. And I'm looking at your number there on our sheet and like, <laughs> wow, you, you were paying a lot of money on travel there.
1: Yeah. No, we, we looked at it and we were, and we were doing it on budget too. I mean, I was doing everything as inexpensively as possible, but we did enough trips right. where, you know, it, we were, we were getting kind of hammered. It was eh. at that number. It's there was only one year. It was about a quarter of that, but a couple of the years it was more in the two and a half to three and a half times that number. So. Let's start with credit scores, credit scores. Did it ruin you to get all these cards, Angie?
0: No, not at all. As a matter of fact, I just, while we are sitting here, I just went and looked up on Experian to see what my credit score is. I am currently at 835 and I did just close a card. So I know that that was a little bit of a ding, even though I'd only had the card open for two years. That was one of P2's biggest concerns when I started doing this. He's like, you'd better not ruin my credit. You'd better not ruin my credit. And... <laughs> And I have to show him periodically. I have to be like, here's your credit score. And now it's become a game with them. He's like, is mine higher than yours? Oh, what's yours? <laughs> I bet mine's higher. I'm like, it depends which, who's opened a card more recently, who's, op- who's higher or knower. But we've been in the, the mid 800s, you know, easily over the past two or three years. I've not even, I've not even dropped below 800. The only time I got really even close to 800 is when my mortgage servicer, cause I do still have a mortgage. Changed hands, but it was still being reported under the old servicer and the new servicer. So all of a sudden my debt like, you know, doubled because it looked like I had two mortgages. But once that went away, it was like, nope, boop, back up. So no, it has not even remotely ruined me and I am still able to get new cards from the banks. So they still look at me as a, I guess a a good credit risk. How about you? Are you ruined?
1: No, I, I not ruined. And, and like you, my score has, you know, remained mostly in the 800s, although it's not stayed quite as high as yours. Mine did drop. In fact, during the pandemic, I was, I had something hit just like you did where it looked like I had double. So I had used a lot of credit card expenses because we were in the midst of doing a remodel when the pandemic hit and I had ended up taking an equity line of credit and used that to pay for it, but I first got a bunch of bonuses on credit cards, so it looked like I doubled up on on the debt. and so that one month, my score dropped tremendously and and because I took on a a tremendous load, it was a you know something that was not shared with my wife, so it was entirely in my name. and not only did I have the Expenditure of the, the house remodel, but then it looked like it was double that because I put all the same amounts on credit cards. And so my score dropped rapidly I and mean, it went from almost zero usage. Cause I had the house paid off at that point in time. It was the second time I paid off the house. So I recently paid it off in March again. And with that in mind, it was something that when I, I guess I look at how it all happened. I had almost a hundred point drop. I went from like 830s to 740, which is still pretty good. And it took some time for that to recover because even with half of it going away, I still only stayed in the high 700s and eventually worked my way back into the low 800s. But I recently, again, in March, we paid the house off completely. So I looked at the FICO eight count and I'd hit eight fifty. And but I'm right now I'm sitting at eight eighteen. I don't really understand why, because I think I should be in the eight thirties. And some folks in this community would say, hey, you're not utilizing your cards enough. You should be in uh, you know, (laughs) high seven hundreds, but you know, so it goes. And with that, again, we mentioned opening all the cards, you know. I mentioned that we'd applied for 13 cards so far this year. Uh, only two we've not been approved for. So we've received 11 approvals. The bulk of those cards have been business cards, but the bulk of them also haven't been high annual fees. So even though I have you know almost 40 cards, technically I have 39 between P2 and me, our total annual fees are $5,700. If you look at that, that's a solid car payment at $480 per month. But uh, one of the perks that I have of that is that you know, in the business that we're in, and this won't apply to everybody. So you definitely want to consult your tax advisor before doing this, but I'm able and eligible to write off all of the credit card annual fees against my taxes, which is about a $2,200 savings of taxes, dropping me to about $3,500 in annual fees. And that doesn't include a single cash credit, any of the perks like the priority pass lounge access that I use. So when I, I add these things up and I did this all about a year and a half ago, I actually came out cash positive from having all these perks. And that doesn't then include a single point earned. So, right. you know, when I look at it this way, it's a way to save travel. Does it make it free? No, because you have to spend something to get something. But then there are ways to offset that with other things that are covered within some of these fees. You know, whether it's like the Amex Platinum that covers, you know, some of the streaming credits and like some people might use it to get Disney Plus. I use it to, for another streaming service that, you know, my wife enjoys watching. So, you know, we have that. So that's something that would I be paying for otherwise? Certainly would be. And now I have it covered with a credit. Can I use the incidental credit? Yes, I can. It helps me with the United Travel Bank. I fund the United Travel Bank end up uh, using those towards cash tickets. So there are things that I would use anyway and am able to offset that with some of the perks. Is it a hundred percent free? I haven't done it down to the penny, but I'm guessing that effectively with all the travel credits that I use, I'm paying next to nothing if I'm paying anything at all.
0: Yeah, I think we're in the same boat. I haven't priced out how much or I even added it up recently the total number of annual fees that we have. I'm in about the same ballpark though, with I think we have 46 cards between the two of us. And it doesn't include any of the annual fee cards that we have, or I'm sorry, the authorized user cards that we have. Those are just the ones that are strictly in our name. But, you know, every year when the annual fee posts on any single card, I evaluate if that card is pulling its weight or not. You know, am I getting value? equal to or greater than what that annual fee is. And some of them, they do take some work to get the value out of it. You know, those Amex incidental credits, particularly the Dell credits, they start to really become a pain to use, but I can use them. I live in a place where I can get Uber Eat. I live in a place where I can use the Grubhub credit on the Amex Gold card. Heck, we even just talked about it in the group yesterday that there's an app, the Card Pointers app, which we have a code for it for a discount. And it automatically adds Amex offers and Chase offers to your cards. And I got home from the grocery store and all of a sudden I got an email that said, oh, you used your Amex offer for like, I don't know, it was $30 off of a grocery buy of $150. Well, I've been out of town, you know, the cupboard's bare here. I had a really full grocery cart that I had to stock up on. I didn't even know I had that offer, but just that, just that one Amex offer in addition to the Grubhub credit and the Uber credit, that Amex Gold annual fee is, I'm, I made money on that card now. Just yep. just that one thing. So every card, if it doesn't pull its weight, you know, heck, my $49 IHG card, clearly it did this year. I'm going to use P2's free night certificate in Bali one night. We're going to stay at a hotel that I think the cash price was going to be $200. And that was with the AARP discount rate. But I'm going to use my $49 free night certificate there. And IHG is pretty easy to they're not like Marriott where you have to jump through a ton of hoops to be able to use a free night certificate for somebody that's not actually on the reservation. So every year. And if the card does not pull its weight, I evaluate if maybe there's something I get out of it intangible. Like I'm I'm still holding on to my CSR because of those travel protections, because I had my safari on it the safari is over and this is probably the year that it's going to get kicked to the curb because I don't think I am getting the value. And with my Ritz card, I get the exact same travel protections and I get the priority pass restaurant. So I'm paying the price to Amex, but I'm paying something or Chase or whoever it is, but I'm paying the same amount that I'd be paying anyway out of pocket. So I, and I get, point in addition to it. So kind of like what you said, it's I'm coming out ahead. I know I am. I just need to sit down and actually do it on a spreadsheet to probably make P2 feel better about it. If you ever, if you ever listens to this episode.
1: Yeah. When we look at this as you know, wrapping up the highlight feature, you know, we just want to remind members that just because you have a lot of cards or a lot of annual fees, it's not free, but it, is it necessary? Is it going to ruin you? Those are the questions you have to ask. And if it's not going to do that, obviously we have enough data points knowing not just us, but our other members in the community that it's not going to hurt you overall. Keep in mind that this is the marathon. It's not, you know, the single race. So, you know, you you do want to be able to continuously access these. And if you're not making a run, if you're kind of keeping spacing things out, to 60, 90 days at point, you can get more cards, you can get more bonuses. You can find things that'll knock these out. And with that, let's jump to our tip of the week from Alec Legg. And he had mentioned that he had booked a flight and he couldn't pick a seat. This is something that is common on some of the European carriers. You book them British Airways, Air France. I think he mentioned China Airlines. And you can try to book it with a partner, but you can't pick the seat right away unless you are one of those airlines flying that airline loyalty program members who has status. Sometimes those folks are, it will cost you extra, but if you put your PNR, that's the passenger name, record locator, that'll be something that you can try in different websites. You may be able to bypass that. And he was said that he was able to put his PNR into Garuda Indonesia. And then he was able to pick seat. I know a lot of folks do this as well when they book American Airlines flights on British Airways or one of the other partners is that they'll put their PNR in fin Air or I think there was another one and I can't remember is one. Royal what?
0: Jordanian.
1: Yeah. Maybe Royal, Royal Jordanian. And then they, they can get there, edit it to add their American number and then collect on their status benefits. So keep in mind, there are different ways to bypass some of these little quirks in the systems that block you from doing that and to always be testing those out. So I think that wraps up episode 32 of the Award Travel 101 podcast. Angie, where can we find you?
0: so you can find us all day every day in the free ninety nine thousand plus member award travel 101 community on facebook where we are there to answer all your questions
1: and if you want to jump into some of these intermediate and advanced strategies we discussed in our tip of the week check out award travel 201 which is 89.99 annually comes with award wallet plus and it's filled with other members who love jumping into the weeds looking for outsized value.
0: Or if you'd like to book time with our team to discuss how to better your earning and burning strategies, you can check out our Award Travel one-on-one consulting service.
1: And you can also email us at contactawardtravel@gmail.com.
0: at gmail.com. If learning in person is your style, you can register now for our spring meetup in beautiful downtown San Antonio by the Riverwalk gonna be fun
1: there's just a few tickets left so jump on yours now and once this sold out we'll create a list like we did for minneapolis st paul if folks change their minds and decide to they have other trips the tickets are non-refundable but they can be transferred freely up till two weeks prior to the event i think it's going to be a great event i think jackie's down there right now as we speak checking things out and making sure we have Uh, the best spaces. It'll be a lot of fun. Hope to see you there. And don't forget to support the Award Travel 101 community when applying for your next card. Until then, safe travels. Take care.
0: Thanks. See ya. Bye.